This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, this is The Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam. We will soon be saying goodbye to the year of the rabbit as the dragon swoops in to take its place. For Chinese Malaysians, it is time to exchange auspicious gifts of mandarin oranges and other delectable snacks and sweets. One such item that usually features on many a CNY hamper is the grilled dried meat, also known as bakwa. In Malaysia, there are a few names that we associate with this tasty snack, and one of them is oloya. In the studio this morning is Raymond Q, Executive Director of the bakwa brand oloya. Welcome, Raymond. Hi. Good morning. Raymond, you were last on BFM in January last year, mm-hmm. talking to my colleagues from Enterprise. You mm-hmm. said at the time, sales for the first year of the pandemic was very bad. Second yeah. year, not so bad. And you were still waiting for the 2022 numbers at that time. Maybe we can start with wow. a bit of an update on what business was like. Has it returned to 2019 um, levels? I think the that was the third year of the MCO, right? The, the, last, the yeah. last year of MCO. So... That's the year when they opens up everything. I think that was one of my uh, one of our best uh, best year, in fact. So we were also quite surprised. Mm-hmm. I think it's because also the the SME owners, the a lot of a lot of big bosses or everybody in, everybody in town, nobody flying. True. So everybody spend like domestic spending. People still buying and giving away to friends and clients and cu- customers and all. So I think I find that that year was one of the one of our very good year. Have things sort of normalized now? Uh, as in, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of people saw that pent up demand for one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but by now, things would have tapered off and, and are things back to normal? Actually, every year is a different norm, right. I would say. So that, that there is, it is not going to be, oh, this norm is going to be Next year is going to be this norm. No, every year things is changing and things change very fast now. So what happened last year doesn't mean it will happen next year. So we have to predict like what's mm. going to happen next. Yeah, so like like ourselves, I foresee the e-commerce will drop. Okay. So it really dropped. Okay. And uh, we also expanded our retail, taking up more locations, relocating and uh, a lot of uh, groundwork, a lot of uh, media events, media launch. We are trying to do more uh, ground events instead of uh, online promo and, and stuff. More face-to-face interaction. Yes, huh? yes, because uh, client customers now, they want to feel your product. I understand. Yeah. I was uh, quite intrigued uh, with the fact that when you, you're talking about online and e-commerce, I saw on your website that, that uh, you're, you were quite ahead of the pandemic when it came to the online e-commerce game. You started that in 2015, long before the, the pandemic. Yeah. Did that sort of like I guess, prepare you for what's to come and sort of cushion the kind of losses that, that, that you experienced? At the time when we started e-commerce, it's also, it's also because uh, when we actually change our ATL, like so-called advertising budget, mm. we shift all the budget into internet, like Facebook, marketing and all, Google Ads and uh, SEO, SEM. So we move all our budget to online. So when we move, because a lot of people using Facebook, yeah. YouTube and whatever. So like traditional media like newspaper and everything, uh, a lot of youngsters tend to don't read newspaper anymore. Mm. So that's when we, we have these uh, uh, thoughts where we want to shift the budget over to online. So when we shift the budget to online, you need, uh, because it's uh, so, um, in terms of data, um, analysis, it, you have all the numbers 
internet. In the internet, you have all the data where you mm. can do a lot of studies. So if we don't have a call to action, so where would all the numbers go? You 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 couldn't catch all these numbers to measure true, how much yeah. you spend. Like is it, it is worth, worthwhile spending your ROI and all. So that's when we, where we have this idea of having oh why not let's have e-commerce. Let's have allaya.com with an e-commerce platform. So that was a very big uh, uh, challenge for us. We lose money every year. We in terms of maintaining the site to learn the, the process, to study and learn and uh, to improvise, to improve the web and everything. Every year, basically, we, we, we don't make any money. We lose money. So it's been a loss-making uh, venture since 2015. But yeah, did you until all the way 2020. Oh, that kind of like uh, uh, helped it to so, recoup its uh, yeah, cost? Yeah, because of pandemic, because of pandemic, it went up about 20 times. Yeah, I saw 500% at one point you were saying. <laughs> yeah, 500%. Yeah, it's a big number. So currently, um, what I see is that about 95%, almost virtually all your, your sales come from your retail outlets in, in Malaysia yeah. and that, that one in Australia, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, and only 5% from the online store. Um, oh, it's even lesser now. It's even lesser now. Three. So are you looking like maybe to taper that off? Are you no longer going to be doing online? No, it's still, it's still a, a quite a significant figure. Mm-hmm. So it's like a physical shop there. So it's like one retail in the internet world. Mm-hmm. So we need to differentiate the offerings so that clients from different platforms, you will get to buy different stuff. How do you think you, it might be some way that you would start to explore growing back that online uh, momentum because you are also present on Lazada and Shopee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Personally, myself, I'm I'm a bit, although although we look very creative in terms of design, yeah. packaging, whatever, but deep inside me, I still, I'm still a very traditional person. I still want to feel my customer, meet my customer mm-hmm. and uh, uh, create events and uh, let them come and uh, attend our event and let them feel what is the brand doing. You, you need some temperature and uh, when when everybody is like so aggressive online, so I, I will just stay away. I, I don't like to go like where everybody goes. I also noticed that a third of your retail outlets are in uh, Johor. Uh, how much of the state's proximity to Singapore influence your decision to position Oloya there? Uh, I, I'm guessing that there will be more in Johor. Would that be your focus going forward? Mm, no, but previously, um, I mean back 20 years ago, during my father's time, because mm-hmm. that time, Bangkok can still bring into Singapore. So that's why... Johor, there's so many outlets in Johor. But ever since uh, the Singapore got customs, they don't allow Bakwan going in. So the sales was also dropped quite uh, significantly. Plus, quite significantly in Johor states. So uh, for Johor, I think we, although we're still opening, but uh, partly are targeting the Singaporeans. And uh, oh no, not partly, la, I would say entirely la, mm-hmm. targeting the Singaporeans because it's so cheap. Ma. So Singapore is selling like what recently I saw the news like 348 or oh, 438 yeah. per kilo. Yeah. So Malaysia is like selling 130. Yeah. We, we are selling 130. So it's three times cheaper. So uh, yeah, so I think we are still focusing more on a neighborhood, uh, more residential community. And uh, KL, KL area, KLPJ, we are still looking into more different locations. You are mostly famous for your grilled meat, I think mostly pork, but then I see your logo is a, is a rooster yeah. with, with boxing yeah. gloves, right? I, I kind of like uh, start to wonder, do I get a sense that the direction that you're heading may be something that might appeal to the non-pork eating population? Is that why your logo is such? 
No, uh, because back then in the 1970s, uh, when my grandfather and grandmother, they started doing bakwa because they realized everybody is doing pork mm. and everybody is doing like minced pork. Mm. Uh, sorry, everybody is doing sliced pork. Right. So during that time, my grandfather always want to be different. So everybody doing sliced pork and sliced pork is a bit harder to chew. So then he thought of the, the older people cannot eat. Then the younger people also cannot eat because very hard. So he so, so when they were like talking, 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 suddenly he think, eh, why not we do something different? We do chicken. But how, how are we going to do chicken? Why not we mince it and uh, mix it with lard right. and, uh, to, to make it into the same form, the same shape. Yeah. yeah. And that's why the rooster logo with our um, tagline, and this is how it comes. Uh. What are your thoughts about putting out halal offerings? Because I think KFC Singapore has a halal bakwa burger right now, right? <laughs> Actually, our, our chicken bakwa now, uh-huh. it's a halal recipe chicken bakwa. Correct, but, but we are not halal. Uh, is that something you are uh, exploring going forward? Uh, yes, uh, of course. Uh, with potential uh, investors, uh, we can always talk on JV ideas. Yeah. Are, are you talking to anyone? No, but I'm uh, telling everybody now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably through BFM, I can get to speak to somebody. Yeah, yesterday we also we were also talking to a lot of friends. Uh-huh. So, because to start a factory, to to start a halal factory is not easy, and the capital that we are looking at is quite big. So of course, uh, we we are constantly looking for room of for JV la, to to introduce the product to especially to my Malay friends. I also read that you guys uh, were experimenting uh, with research on a vegetarian op- option. Yeah. Is that still on, or you yeah. gave up on it? Yeah, my brother is uh, doing a lot of R and D on the uh, plant based bakwa. Your brother Peter? Yeah, yeah Peter. He's, he's he did a, he did a couple of rounds, but taste so bad <laughs> so I told him no because uh, we are trying to go like vegan vegan uh-huh. so instead of fish sauce now we can't use fish sauce we can only use like soy sauce mm. and uh, yeah it just tastes so bad so I said no 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 so they, they, they are still putting a lot of effort into the R&D um, I remember back in 2011 or thereabouts uh, there were reports that your brand of bakwa at that time contained too much nitrate which is a type of preservative mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I think even the health ministry at that time yeah. also did comment yeah. on that did you finally end up addressing this issue because when I was doing research on this mm-hmm. there were some aunties I spoke to who still talk about it uh, of course uh, this thing is deep down inside us lah. Mm. and uh, at that time things didn't go out according to the procedure like we are very quickly being publicized so of course we take immediate action to to recall the batch and uh, of course to to send reports and to improve the procedure and everything so it shows that nitrate actually carry over from the feed Mm. but we couldn't do anything already at that time to say oh no I didn't do this I didn't do that so never mind we just walk off and also by the reports by the MOH it states it is carry over from the feed and uh, we just, uh, I think the, it, after the MOH report, then we we re-improved the structure and the procedure and everything. And the MOH then suddenly, they said, oh, never mind, you are, you are good to go. Then just like that. So it was just being publicized and that's it. But, but we you, take it. Lah. Yeah. But you guys didn't uh, come out to, to, to counter that or to, um, well, counter that negative press because I'm still hearing mm. it today, you know. Yeah. I... Uh, not me. I still last time a lot of people will ask me. Yeah. But now it's getting lesser and lesser because it's since uh, two thousand eleven. Yes. So it's thirteen years already. So now, yeah. Now you question me, but now you put this up already, lah. So, 
Oh, no, recently, I, recently I mean, don't blame me for it no, because no, no, I, no. I did, I did, yeah. I did speak to uh, people regarding uh, mm. the fact that I was going to be talking to you, yeah. and that was the thing they remembered most. Uh, <laughs> okay, but recently, quite uh, not much people ask me about this lah. But uh, on and off, on and off, some people ask me, "Hey, what happened uh, during that time and things like that?" So we didn't try to like tell people, "No lah, we don't didn't do this lah, we didn't do that lah." Then we we don't want to like keep giving excuses mm. and all uh. so we just tell them okay we fixed it and uh, that's what we what, what we have done and everything we try to fix everything and that's it uh. we just walk over uh. On the Breakfast Grill this morning we are talking to Raymond Q Executive Director of the Oloya Bakwa brand and certainly someone who's no stranger to doing some grilling himself On the other side of the break we talk about how this homegrown company can grow even further BFM 89.9 You are listening to The Breakfast Grill Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, you're listening to The Breakfast Grill, where on the hot seat, because it's a grill, is Raymond Q, the executive director of the Oloya Bakwa brand. Raymond, you started your venture into Australia in 2019, not only with an outlet in Melbourne, but also a manufacturing facility, which I find really, really very ambitious because, yeah, understandably, Australia isn't exactly cheap to set up shop, let alone a manufacturing facility. First of all, how did that conversation go with your with your family? Because you're a family-run business after all, right? Yeah. So we actually had an uncle uh, planning to move over to Australia. Mm. And I also got some friends in Australia. Then my friends were in Perth. And then uh, he was telling me, hey, bro, I'm moving to Melbourne. Do you think I can bring your bakwa over to Melbourne? Then I said, we can't export directly yeah. from Malaysia. Then somehow this uncle is a family uncle and uh, we are doing bakwa together. So he said, hey, I'm planning to move over. Why not uh, we set up a plant there? And uh, he wants to do bakwa and settle down in Melbourne. Then I said, somebody wants to sell and somebody wants to make. Then we just put everything together. La. That's how we started out. And it's, doing, and it's doing quite, quite, quite well. No, answer. it's uh, very tough. It's very, very tough in Melbourne because things are very expensive. Uh, exactly, Labor. that's what I was wondering. Yeah. yeah, it's very tough. So every year we are still learning on the uh-huh. the trend, how people take, you know, bakwa, how, how the Australian, the white people, they don't really fancy this thing because they see this as an Asian product mm. yeah and of course because of uh, Singapore Bi Qingheng and Bakwa has been very popular in, in the international market so it's very very tough there because the population people accepting the product it's, it's not like everybody so just we cannot only just depending on the Malaysian um, market Malaysian customer so a lot of Malaysian came back yep. also during pandemic so that's why they have to keep trying like Asian market now lah for, for now so from 2019 until now it's not profitable yet sustaining it's like borderline broke here, even not yet there. Uh, not making money yet yeah uh, if you could just share you know what sort of ballpark figure to set up a business um, you know uh, this kind of business millions, uh, in the millions yeah. of Australian dollars la. yeah Currently, uh, I, I see you also use stockists in, in Australia, uh, Queensland and, and in Victoria mm-hmm. where, where Melbourne is. Uh, mm-hmm. Any sign that there might be a need to open outlets in you know the other states where there are a lot more Asians? I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at Sydney, Perth yeah. maybe. We, we now actually, the, the current outlet is in Victoria Road. That's right. Yeah, but it's far away from, quite from far CBD. away from CBD. Yeah. But it's in Victoria Road. And uh, retailing in Australia is very tough. The rental, the pay, 
it's very very tough I'm a bit scared lah so mm. if we were to open another retail so it's very depending on my partners there see how they want to do it but as for now I think we are moving into a distribution market so supplying through all the Asian grocer mm. so now we want to see how it goes and, and that will come from your manufacturing facility over yes, there yes yes what about plans to set up uh, operations in, in other countries outside of Malaysia? Because in, in mm. Malaysia, you have 28 outlets currently, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I, I kind of think that it's a, it's a very, Asian, um, uh, very Asian product that you're, you're putting out and mm. the, it's, it's what suits everyone's tastes. Mm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on, on, on um, other no, outlets um, here? Uh, you mean setting up factories? Um, in factories or outlets in uh, distribution outlets in, in say Thailand or even in Singapore itself? Yeah, we are we are we are now very focusing on export market, mm-hmm. whether it's OEM or with the brand. So we are focusing on export now. So we are not going to set up factory out of Malaysia because we couldn't control. Yeah, but you have distributors in Hong Kong, Macau, and Vietnam, yeah. right? How are those doing? Hong Kong is doing good. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong is doing good. Hong Kong is an OEM market. And uh, we are looking into Thai. We are going into Thai facts like coming May. We are going to Thai facts. So we did talk to a few big players. So we, st- we are still talking on the details. Lah. So we are hoping to export into Southeast Asia market. For manufacturing, right, it's no longer um, practical to do it over an open flame uh, barbecue because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's not easy. Environmental to, friendly. That's one, and but it's also not easy to, to, to maintain that same qual- yeah. quality that, that yeah. you have, Hygiene. right? Hygiene. Yeah. yeah. And, and you guys uh, started your automation back in 2005. Uh, how, how much of the products, uh, I'm talking about your, your key bakwa offerings, is mm-hmm. done via uh, this, this sort of automation? Because say what you like, uh, you cannot replicate that, that, that barbecue smoky flavor. Yeah. So now we, uh, for kitchen-wise, for the barbecue process, we, we now we do everything in a central kitchen. Uh-huh. So we try to, what, what are the things that we look at is consistency and hygiene. Right. These are the two key things that, uh, because customers buy, they buy a lot. So by charcoal grill, you cannot supply that demand. Mm. It's, it's impossible. And the hygiene issue is going to be a very big issue. Mm. Labor is going to be a very big issue because he might tau tong, you know, sick, then uh, emotional. Then he will talk about pay, boss, why don't you increase my pay? Otherwise, I don't cope. So all this issue will, is a very big challenge for us. The, the, all these challenge, challenges are faced by my parents and my uncle during the second gen time. So that's why they switch into like semi-automation now. And, and the automation solve all this issue. And that's all from your central kitchen, the one that's in Chiras, right? Uh, in Chiras and uh, Batalang Street. Uh, would you be looking at uh, possibly opening other manufacturing facilities, doing the same things in, in other states to serve, say... No, uh, because, the the rest of the, because the rest of the dealers, they have their own kitchen also. Mm. The rest of the outlet, they have their own kitchen. And your automation started in 2005. That's a good 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. At some point, you would need to upgrade the machines. Uh, yeah. They would have started to, to, to wear and yeah, tear. We bought a lot of new machines already. 
how how much did did, did that have to you know you have to budget for something like this uh, and, and how often do you need to do to do that because the machines that we buy are mostly branded machines so the branded machines can really really last you 15 years no no not much issue it's just mm. every year you have to do a bit of calibrations yeah to maintain the machines uh. I want to look a bit at your financials uh particularly QQ industry, because that's your manufacturing yeah. uh, uh, side of things, right? Uh, it has returned to p- profitability post-pandemic. That's what I saw. Uh, back to 2019 levels uh, for revenues as well. Your margins, however, tell me that the story might be a little bit cautious. Uh, it was around 9% for financial year 2023, mm-hmm. which is much lower than the double digit, which I saw in 2022. But like you explained just now, it could be a pent-up demand thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you could Paint us a picture of what happened. Uh, I'm guessing raw materials must be an issue with you guys. Yeah, raw material, a lot of costs went up. Uh, and then the OEM market came in. The OEM, so you were referring to the margins a bit low yeah. at, the year, at the year 20? 2023. FY 2023, end of FY 2023 is a recent one. Yeah. FY 2023. Yeah, but the volume is much higher. At the end. That's right. Yeah, the volume is a lot more higher. Uh, it's because of the international market. How, how do you mean? The OEM market. Because uh-huh. the OEM market in Hong Kong is quite a big, quite a big market there. How, how are raw material prices uh, affecting you? Oh, it's very high. Mm. The, the, the raw mat prices keep going up. So the only way to, the only way to like sustain the price, we buy cash. We buy, we buy cash with our farmers. So we tell them uh, we need to control the raw price, the, the supply price. Mm. So, but we pay cash, we don't pay like terms. Raymond, I did some, uh, well, very scientific research mm. based on chatting with some auntie friends. Mm. Uh, Oloya's pricing uh, definitely has been on the rise. And I think you have to pass the cost on to some of your, your, your customers, right? But at the end of the day, you still remain near the bottom of your competitors. Uh, what I saw was about 65 ringgit per 500 gram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the the more expensive ones start start from about 85 to 90 ringgit on, yeah. on, onwards for half a kilo. Um, how often did you have to adjust your pricing, especially post-pandemic? And what considerations go into it? We try not to. Lah. Uh-huh. Every time it if we could sustain our margin, then we try not to adjust the pricing. But now we are not on the high, now we are not the most expensive brand. I think we are the second or third, I think, in some, mm. some SKUs. The lower, the lower uh, band of the, the price, price range. Yeah, I because we yeah. don't want to sell so expensive. We don't want customers to buy so expensive bakwa. Yeah. This company is uh, more than half a century old already. Uh, what are your thoughts on, I don't know, maybe listing as a way to maybe help you expand your geographic footprint from a sales and a manufacturing perspective, um, some, some, some form of uh, uh, M&A or, or joint ventures with, with, with other partners? Is that on the cards, on the radar? Uh, are you talking about mm, it? No, I think not for now. Now we are still manageable on our own mm-hmm. because uh, grandma is still here, uncle, everybody is still here. In future, I don't know. But uh, for now, we are still manageable. But of course, uh, a lot of talking terms, uh, a lot of uh, room to discuss a lot of like expansion plans. We are always open for discussion. But as for now, yeah, we, are, we don't have this idea yet now. Raymond Q, thank you for coming in and gong hei fa choi. Yeah, gong hei fa choi.
On the breakfast grill this morning was Raymond Q, the executive director of the Oloya brand of Bakwa. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.